Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Matthew chapter 2, the Bible's talking about the wise men, the wise men who are following the star. Verse 1 says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews. Herod didn't want to hear anybody else called king, but they said we've come seeking a king. I hope today we've all come seeking the king. I'm glad you look nice, but I hope you didn't come looking for people's opinions. I'm glad you can sing good. Some of you singing so good, the people in front of you know how good you can sing. Some people singing so bad, the people in front of you wish you knew how good you couldn't sing. (laughs) But we've come to praise the king of kings. And they had come to praise the king. And they said unto him in Bethlehem, verse 5 of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, thou Bethlehem. In the land of Judah art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. How many know that Herod had negative intentions? But you can't let anybody's negative perspective of worship stop yours. And you can't let what the enemy means for evil stop what God's trying to use for good. If God needs you, he'll, just like the wise men, direct you home on a different route. But just because Herod wanted to kill him didn't mean they shouldn't worship him. Just because people in your life might not like it doesn't mean you should calm your worship down. Yeah, yeah. Verse 9. When they heard, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They came in the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshiped him. And they opened their treasures. They presented unto him gifts. What were they? Say them with me. Gold. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And from that 11th verse, I want to preach for just a few minutes on this thought. They presented. They 
presented. Lord, we feel you in this house. I pray you'd help my tongue to be as the pen of a ready writer. Help me to preach with wisdom and clarity for a few minutes to your people. But more importantly than anything I say, I wish you would direct us forward in worship, in praise here today. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody say amen. Now you can sit down, just don't strap in. Although it started in the 1500s and it was a long and an arduous process, the railroad system certainly did take effect. When the railroad was began, there were actually people in a majority that had agreed together it's preposterous to build such a system. There is no reason for anyone to go that fast. Well, wrong. But by the 1800s, in fact, in the year 1832, railroad transportation of mail had began. No longer would someone have to count on a carrier pony, but to get it from one region to another, they would get that mail given onto the, into the postal service, and it would make its way onto a postal cart, and it would travel from region to region. It was expediting the process of getting one thing of importance, whether a letter or goods, to a greater distance in a shorter matter of time. In December of 1899, it had transitioned, and now there were these amazing, look at that high proficiency vehicle on the screen. By 1899, there was an automobile mail wagon. What a wonderful name. Tested for the first time for mail delivery. Officials cheered the dramatic increase in collection speed. And soon, postmasters across the country were testing out motorized vehicles from region to region, now town to town with ease like never before. And then in 1911, they decided if it's good for a train and it's good for a car, let's throw it on a plane and get it there quicker. Nothing says that your mail will be secure like that open-ended plane right there. Somebody else might get your love letter. In 1995, let's jump some 80 years forward to a little company that I think just might make it called Amazon. They begin shipping not simply based on letters but even goods. How could I possibly ever leave my house? Wouldn't it be nice if everything could simply be sent directly to me? Thank you, Amazon, that by 1995 and then to 2005, only 10 years later, we got something called Amazon Prime. Two days, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the room and you've ever bought something on Prime that wasn't exactly what you wanted, but it was close enough and it could get there in two days, you know who you are. It's not exactly the product I was looking for, but it's close to the product I was looking for. And with my Prime membership, just for anybody who feels like that's such an elite membership, but I can't wait seven days. I can't wait 10 days. Only two days for that prime membership to show up. Not just for goods, not just for letters, but even for services. It's been happening for some 20 years. If you want to, they will even bring the groceries 
house. Now we are caught here today in a juxtaposition as it were. Because my assignment is from the wise men which I will preach. And the arduous journey which they were a part of in getting to Jesus. And yet we live in a world of convenience. A world of convenience where when I want goods, I want them now. In fact, many of us have the type of memberships where every now and then we get same day delivery. Woo! Bring it all. Same day delivery. I know you like same day delivery. Instant. Immediate. Gratifying. But I want to remind us there's something that the U.S. mail can never come close enough to achieving. There's something that whether they put it on a train, put it in a car, or put it on a plane, they can never make it any faster. There's something that Amazon, with all of its ingenuity and all of its vans, where the van has a smile but the worker doesn't. I'm thankful for what they have, but in all of their instantaneous gratification, there is still one that is close as the mention. There are people in this room that have needs here today, and I've got good news for you. You don't even have to walk out of this house before God has delivered exactly what you need right here in this building. How's it possible? Well, I bet there's several hundred that can testify. I walked into the church one day, sick in my body, but out of nowhere, the Holy Ghost touched me. I don't know what you walked in needing, but I do know who walked in with the answer. But although he's as close as the mention of his name does not mean that sometimes it's not an endurance to walk towards him. One of the great arguments here amongst theologians is how far did the wise men travel? And I know those of you that like to study the scripture, you think you've got the answer. I sought it. I studied it. I've read it. I feel like I get myself back in this every year. How far did they travel? And I know there's somebody in the room right now that you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I know. No, you don't. Oh, yes, I've studied it. Me too. Some say it was 300 miles. Some say it was 400 miles. Some say 600 miles. Some say it was 900 miles. And they've got everything pinned together. Here's what we do know. It was far enough that they had to make a clear decision. Whether this is easy or not, it's right. They weren't Jewish. They were Persian. We know that much. We know that that was a part of the inception. And at his birth alone, there was a king that had come to bring different people groups together. And they were in accordance with Numbers chapter 24 that there was a star that would rise of Jacob. There was a great scepter. that, And even though there was going to be a king named Herod that didn't like it, there was a king of all kings that had already set in motion. Whether the world likes it or not, and whether the kingdoms of the world believe in it or not, 
there will be a king. I want our world to know there is a king. I want our government to know there is a king. Regardless who the president is, I know who the king is. Regardless of what policies pass or do not pass, I know who the king is. And they come to Herod, and they have a journey that is before him. He doesn't like it, but I remind us here today, Herod didn't create Christ, and Herod couldn't kill Christ out of time. Herod didn't create the star, and Herod could not extinguish the star. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Herod didn't create the gifts, and Herod didn't have the right to the gifts. Herod didn't create those magi, and Herod didn't have the ability to stop those magi. Herod might have sent them out, but Herod could not determine their distance, nor their... He could not determine the distance they would travel, and he could not determine whether or not they would actually give and present their gifts to the king. Because to every person, it comes down to this. It cannot be based on who's in your life or who's not in your life. you got to get your gifts to the king, whether Herod likes it or not, whether your mama likes it or not, whether your neighbor likes it or not, whether your co-worker likes it or not, whether your spouse likes it or not, whether your children like it or not, you got to get your gifts to the king. And they made up in their mind. So how far was it, Pastor Carson? How far was it? Did they go three? Did they go four? Did they go six? Did they go nine? How many miles was it? A bunch. And they didn't have no train. They didn't have no plane. They didn't have no automobile. Come on, somebody. They didn't. No, 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 they didn't. They didn't have any modern conveniences. Look at me for a second. No modern conveniences. But I tell you what they had. They had determination in their heart and prophecy on their side. There's a king that's being born, and I've got gifts that belong to him. I've got gold. What do you got? I got frankincense. What do you got? I got myrrh. How about this? I won't judge your gift. You don't judge my gift. Let's not quarrel about what you got versus what I got. How about we just get in unity and we march towards the king? And we... you say, were there three wise men? I don't know. There were three gifts. I have a tendency to believe there might have been more than that, but this is what I know. They said, you carry your gift, I'll carry my gift, and we'll put our arms together, and we'll follow the star, and we'll walk to the house, and we'll get to the place where he's born. What about when people try to stop us? Walk on anyway. What about when the terrain is rocky? Walk on anyway. What about when it's sandy and there is no water? Walk on anyway. What about when you feel like giving up? Walk on anyway. We got to get our gifts to Jesus. We got to get our gifts to the King. What about when the environment's against us? Walk on anyway. What about when we get overwhelmed in our body? Walk on anyway. What about when you get a negative report? Walk on anyway. Walk on anyway. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, walk on anyway. I don't know how far they traveled. I just know they traveled. I don't know how long it took 
but I know it was a lot further than what we do. Jesus. But it's bigger than just the Jesus in its presence. It's the walking and carrying gifts even when you walk out of the church. You got gifts to give him on Monday. You got gifts to give him on Tuesday. What did they do? Let me tell you what I know they did. They walked. They carried. They protected. Now, I don't know if you're like us. We got to go to my parents this next weekend. I got to somehow get wrapped presents only two and a half hours. By the time we get there, I don't care how well we try to guard them. By the time we get there, they will look like we have let a pack of hounds loose. How does it happen? But here's what I found year after year. Even if the wrapping's a little disheveled, even if the bow's a little bit sideways, even if it's a little torn up and my wife doesn't like the presentation, all that matters in that moment is that we get the intended gift to the intended purpose person for the intended purpose at the intended time. And I know the world is trying to distract us and sickness is trying to hinder some of us and the cares of life are trying to keep us from it. And the enemy wants to laugh at us because the gifts we have look a little disheveled. But I got news for the enemy. These gifts were never for him in the first place. What gifts are you talking about? I lift my voice in praise to one person and one person alone. I lift my hands in worship to one and one alone. And so regardless of how tough life may get towards me, even when I walk into this place on a Sunday and I feel overwhelmed by the cares of this life, my testimony against the enemy is, I made it anyway. I walked into the house of God in spite of it all. And the wrapping might be a little tore up. And there might be sweat dripping down my face. And my tie might be a little disheveled. You might have a stain on your suit. But as long as you got a gift in your spirit that you can walk in here, find a little dance in your feet, find a little rejoicing in your heart. Come on, lift up your voice and give him Come on, it's because he's worthy. Stand with me. I promise you I wouldn't, so stand with me. Here's what I know they didn't do. Now, now, I'm sorry for anybody's theology or anybody that's recently done a little church walkthrough and you still got Jesus in the manger when the wise men show up. He was a young child by the time they made it. He wasn't a newly wrapped infant, I don't believe. I believe he was in a house. Read the translation, do a little language study. It's a little different than we try to encapsulate into one Christmas service or one manger scene. But they show up to the house. And they walk in the house. They had come a long ways to get here. Listen to me. Pastor, what'd they do? They came into the house bearing gifts. And while the journey had been long, it had not been too long. And while the journey had been hard, it had not been too 
God would not have given them the assignment if God didn't know he could give them the grace to complete it. This is what they did do. They made it to the house. Can I tell you what they didn't do? Let me give you the journal entry of a wise man. What they did not do and what you will not find is they walked in the house and began critiquing the house. A lot of stuff black. They didn't critique the house. You don't have any entry here where the wise men started looking around the room. Who's got it together and who doesn't? I think they're a real worshiper, but ooh, I don't know about them. They didn't walk in and critique the house, and they didn't walk in and critique the mother. I don't think they should have critiqued the mother, and I don't think they should have worshiped the mother. And regardless of what religions try to, I don't believe the mother was worthy of worship. We don't do that. Why don't you do that? Because the Bible doesn't. They didn't bring their gifts because of the house. They didn't bring their gifts because of the mother. They brought their gifts because the king. The son of David. The savior had been born. What happens if you get to church and it doesn't look the way you want it to look? What happens if you get to church and the mother isn't exactly what you were hoping the mother would be? I got good news for you. Close your eyes and worship God. Give your gifts to the Lord. I had somebody one time, had somebody one time said, it's hard to sit in the church. It's hard. People in front of me talking, carrying on. I had an incredibly spiritual answer. Move closer. If you have to, you be here early. Get you a seat on the front row so that your eyes can't be focused on anybody but the Lord. If you have to, just lift your hands and close your eyes the entire service. You didn't come for me and I didn't come for you. You didn't come for the house. You didn't come for the mother. You came because you've got gifts to bring. I brought him gifts of praise. I brought him gifts of worship. I brought him gifts of adoration. Who believes he's still worthy of praise? I'm done. I'm done. We got, the, we got the juxtaposition here today. He's as close as the mention of his name. So why would I ever get out of my pew and walk down to the front? Why would I ever make a significant difference? I feel you, some of you in the room right now. I'm not demonstrative like that. Sometimes I wonder if I could... If I could go ahead and interview your spouse and find out whether you're demonstrative when someone cuts you off in traffic. What would your kids say about who you are when they ride with you? I'm not instantaneously demonstrative like that. And if we're not careful, we subconsciously teach those, even our children around us, that we will give our emotion to those who do wrong rather than giving our emotion to him who has done all things. So it's not about the distance. 
It's not about the distance. Did they come 300, 600, 900? I don't don't know. Some of us in here, we come from different distances. Some of you, you were born in the church. You cut your teeth on the back of a church pew. You raised up like me looking at gum on the bottom. And others of you, you had never even been in church until you came to Calvary. This is your first real experience. But I got good news for you. Whether you came from a mighty long way or whether you came from right across the street, it's not about the distance you traveled. It's about the king you traveled to. say wait a minute Pastor Carson I don't have any gold I don't have any frankincense I don't have any myrrh good news do you have hands that you can clap do you have a voice that you can lift do you have some praise that you the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise I know you might be going through some stuff but can you get out of your pew and say here's what I can do I can get to the king and let him know I brought praise with me today I brought worship with me today I'm not going to leave my gifts to myself I'm not going to hold on to my gifts by myself I'm not keeping my praise to myself. Now, Brother Christian, if you got gold, I can't try to take your gold and give it as my gift. Brother Noah, if you got frankincense, I can't try to give you myrrh and take your frankincense. I need you to give what you've got to give. I need to give what I've got to give. Can I say it this way? If you're a baker, be a baker for the kingdom. If you're a carpenter, give the gift of carpentry. If you're good with numbers, give that gift to the kingdom. I'm not asking what talent you've got. I'm asking what talent you'll give to the king. To the king. Now, whether you're in your pew, whether you're, whether you're in your pew or in the altar, what I want us to do right now is make a conscious, a conscious decision before God. I am not keeping back. During this holiday season, while I'm giving gifts to so many, I'm not going to give anybody more important gifts than I'm giving to the Lord. I'm not going to give anybody more intentional gifts than I give of my praise and my worship to the King of Kings. All over this house, I want us to erupt in praise. I want you to lift your voice. Come on, sickness or not, financial difficulty or not, overwhelmed or not, burnout or not, long journey or not give your gifts give your gifts come on somebody right where you're at as you begin to feel it move into your feet I want you to begin to run a little bit in place right there or leap a little bit right there I've come to give him gifts I've come to give him praise tell the church Herod doesn't want this but we don't care what Herod wants Herod doesn't want you to praise God but we don't care what Herod
He's what somebody shout yes. Come on, somebody shout yes. Singers, come, 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 come. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Ooh, I can't get that old song out of my. He saved me just. Now listen, they brought their gifts. But Herod wanted all their gift giving to be in vain. The same as the enemy of your soul doesn't mind as you, if you come to church. As long as you come to church, go through the motions. And then it all is in vain. You're not given these gifts so that you can be the same when you walk out. You're not giving your praise so that you're the same person even on your way home. You might drive the same way home physically, but you ought to feel a little something different spiritually. Herod doesn't get to determine who I am. Herod doesn't get to determine whether the king lives. I know he's against the king, but there's a plan that's greater than Herod. Woo. Can I tell you this at Christmas time? There's a plan for your family that's greater than Herod. It's been set in place. There was a lamb slain from the fountain. What are we going to do this Christmas? I tell you what we're going to do. Whether you got money or not, whether you got food in the cupboard or not, whether you need to be a part of the giving tree or not, here's what we're going to do. Whether barehanded or whether we got a wallet full, we're going to bring what we've got. You want to frustrate hell. And you want to mess up Herod's kingdom. Then you bring your gift to the Lord. I'm done preaching. Let's worship. Let's praise him for a little bit. When you're done worshiping, you can go home. We'll see you tonight at 6.30. Let's see.